Hello and welcome to the Moonshots podcast. It's episode 27. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I'm joined by the man with a plan, Mr. Chad Owen in New York. I'm a little sad, Mike. We're coming to the end of our Moonshots Live from Bucharest series. I know, but it's sort of kind of, it's so epic. It's like good to wrap it up because we've we've already had three great entrepreneurs, design thinkers, inspirators, but we've got a big one uh, left and I can't wait to get into into this show because you know what? The funny thing is I've known this entrepreneur for many, many years, and yet he had never shared this idea with me. So it was a huge personal uh, revelation for me, and I hope it really is for everyone uh, listening to the show. Yeah, we have uh, one of the co-founders of Qualitans, the innovation and tech shop in in Romania, Iwan Jakob. And um, the, the insight that you're alluding to, Mike, is this idea that risk isn't as risky as we think it is. I know. And it, it's crazy because it's so powerful as an idea, like rethinking risk and not living in fear of it, but also the fact that you're in complete control of it. So there are many things in life that we cannot control, but the, how you perceive things and how you react to things is something that we all have complete control over. And what he taught us is you can rethink risk. And that's why he started 10 years ago in an apartment, in, in, in fact, in a car park, if, if, if the uh, mythology is right now. And, you know, now he has over 200 staff. He's doing business with uh, Silicon Valley startups, the biggest bank in, in Romania, the biggest energy company in Romania. It's amazing to think in 10 years he's done that. And this idea of rethinking risk is at the heart of his success. Yeah. And, and I think Ewan's attitude about the whole thing was just, was great. You know, he's, he's a good storyteller and has this, uh, I don't want to say brash, but just like no nonsense way about him. That's kind of, you know, interesting and refreshing, uh, to hear from a, you know, a founder that has his experience over, over 10 years. You know, I myself have been running my company for 10 years, but my path and trajectory has been very different from his. So it was really cool to get to sit down with him and dig into the Genesis story and what he's learned over the past 10 years. I think this idea of risk is so important because it often stops potential entrepreneurs even trying to make their idea come alive. People, basically, they get stuck just dreaming about something and never do it. So, when you're thinking about some of the other ideas that we got uh, from the book I showed, just do it, don't give up. If you want to go at the beginning of this chain reaction, getting over the fear of risk and just having a go. I think this is like the central point to launching an entrepreneurial life. And that's why I think this show is so important. So this idea of, you know, rethink risk, just go out and do it and don't give up sort of ties everything very nicely together. So I tell you what, Let's get into our interview from our Bucharest live show with none other than Iwan Jakob. Iwan Jakob. Come on, guys. Give it up for Iwan. Okay. 
So we have a little bit of, um, you know, in Silicon Valley, we, we talk about like founding stories and, and every startup's got like a founding story. I was walking along the street or I was at the airport or my small company saw that my client needed this thing. But we, we have some qualitans mythology. We just need to kind of clear up a little bit. And um, <clears throat> the thing I'm a little uh, not clear on is uh, qualitans, where exactly qualitans was started. I've heard different versions of this story. It was a, it was in an apartment. It was in the lounge room of the apartment or it was in the bedroom of the apartment. For some reason yesterday, I, I think I even may have heard someone said it started in the bathroom of the apartment. I'm, I'm a little, so do you think you could start by like, where did this crazy dream, when you started this 10 years, where did it actually start? In a parking lot, in a car. Ah, oh, you're, you're totally I wrong. I haven't even heard this Okay, one. so, no, actually, uh, uh, I was in a parking lot in a, in a car with Radu, uh, co-founder and friend for, what, 25 years? Yeah, okay, where is he? Radu, can you, all right, can you stand up? Because yeah, I can't see you when you wave your hand. Come on, guys, give it up for Radu. <laughs> So, and um, there was this whole thing, this, this entire buzz about technology and things that are happening. And we didn't really have a, a clear idea. I mean, if I would talk to myself ten, from 10 years ago, I would probably just smack myself over the head and it's like, get your shit together. Dude. Like, <laughs> come on, like, you, you have really no clear idea what you want to do. Because we're like, yeah, like, technology is changing the world and we want to be part of that. Let's start a company. So, that was pretty much the level. Of, of maturity that we had and then uh, it showed because um, so I left my uh, my job at Adobe at the time and um, well we did the website and we had no clients and we're like where's the clients there's nobody calling like we have our phone up on, on the website why, why so, so, so you and, and Ryder you're just sitting there watching the monitor like with the inbox no actually we were working on the we continuously improving the website because oh, there was nothing <laughs> else to do <laughs> and this, you didn't this, you didn't call any prospective customers you just built the website and thought they yeah, would we come built the website like we're famous like why would people call us you know? so um uh, and then we, we uh, so th this was all happening in um, Radu's, uh, RC's um, office at, uh, at the university. And um, we said, no, we, we got to take lead on this. We got to do something. So uh, we started hacking it. And basically, I was going to interviews. And then when people were like, yeah, you're hired. I was like, well, you know, it's not really me. It's a company. I'm going to be a consultant for you. People are like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, except IBM. Except IBM, who was like, well, okay, we're, we're, we really liked you, so we're going to find some, some way to, to work. And this was surprising because, you know, IBM has had this image, yeah. uh, at least in our heads, like this big, untangible, uh, giant mogul. So hang on, hang on. We got two guys and a website, and you convince as your first client IBM to get on board. Well, it didn't really convince <laughs> the client to get on board. They really wanted to hire me. Okay. So, and we said, yeah, but you know, I'm I'm working for this company, so I'm gonna be you know outsourced to you by by this company. Okay. 
And they were like, ah, you know, that, that's complicated procurement. They're like procurement, procurement. Like if you wanna, if you wanna get it done, you get it. You know, it's complicated. There's this whole procurement. Well, it can be complicated. You you take a contract and you sign on it. It's not that complicated. My God, the kid doesn't understand. So um, I would say the the sheer power of of not really understanding what's happening was was what what got us through. All right now, so, so you bumbled through it. It pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, t- fast forward 10 years later, uh, we're sitting here in these beautiful offices looking over the opera house of, of Bucharest. Have you had much time to reflect and just think to yourself, this all started not, in, not even in an apartment, in the parking lot. I'm glad I cleared that up. But it did start in the parking lot. And now look at where you find yourself uh, working with clients both here and abroad with all of this stuff. Like, what do you, what do you think about? Like, what thoughts go through your mind when you're like, huh, that, wow, this is crazy. Uh, probably the first thing is that I have so much more to learn. Because when we started this, as I, as I said, the sheer power of, of incompetence it was like yeah it's simple you just start a business you get business you do business like you get a lot of clients and things just happen and it's it's definitely not that simple right but just that that underestimation was and kind of optimism was what got us through and looking at myself from 10 years ago I realized I, I learned a lot a lot of things and I learned a lot of things that I wasn't expecting I should learn or could learn or need to learn and uh, I'm pretty much wondering what's what's coming at what's coming next what am I going to learn next and what's what's going to be my next learning so that that's pretty exciting and so how i'm i'm curious how you and radu knew that you needed to build a team and how you went about building a team because i know there's probably a lot of people here that have started a company just themselves or with a co-founder but maybe they're at the stage of like okay we kind of we have a website we kind of have this thing that maybe works and then they don't know when to take that next step and really build out the team. I'm kind of curious what that was like for you in, in the first couple of years uh, at Qualitons. So um, yeah, the, the, the interesting thing is we, uh, so we always had this idea that we want to do something that's really outstanding, that's really extraordinary. So um, we took pretty much all of our savings, like literally all of our savings, and then our C mortgaged his house in order to get some money um, yeah and um, his his apartment and then we got like some uh, uh, loans from uh, my parents and we really decorated this well we set up this really nice office and everybody was like you guys are complete idiots you should just have a shitty office for now and then you you know as you get more business but we had this idea like how can we get business if we have a shitty office and it's true like one of our first employees uh, who's Ina she started working in reception and she's now a director of operations and um Ina came in for an interview and like it looked so corporate, it looked so cool, like everything looked very much in place. Like I was convinced this is a huge office, there's some stuff behind those two doors. And behind the, those two doors that were leading out of the main room was just another room in a kitchen. So it wasn't really much. <laughs> but we had we really branded this thing and um then we, we started uh, getting a, a team together. How did you know to get the team together? Like, like how did you shift 
from that, okay, we've gone from the website to the nice office, that how did you start doubling down? Like, how are you able to do that? Like, we're gonna hire some people. That must have felt like a huge move at the time. It did, it, it really did. And uh, we did all the possible mistakes that we, we could possibly do. But I think there was this one thing, and uh, actually, Speaking of resilience, and you know, in 2007 when we started Qualitans, there were really no investment mechanisms. You couldn't get you know investors and seed money and angel investors, and nobody would 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 put any sort of money into that. So being very much restricted about, yeah, we didn't have a lot. We we didn't have a lot of room for error, right? So um, what happened was that we actually had to find a way to really get people that, that were good and we couldn't afford uh, sticking with, with people that were not right for, for too long. Like, we really could not afford it. We didn't have the money for that. So it was so fragile. Survival was, in those early years, yeah. it was such a fine line. But it was almost like this constraint forced you, well, we're going to need an A-team, right? Yeah. We're going to have to, like, really get the best people because we're traveling close to the edge. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. And... Um, then this, I think this, this kind of stayed in within the company because it, it just has this culture of resilience and um, being very, uh, very careful about resources and, and managing things in, in general. So I think that was actually a very uh, some, something that really made us stronger and created a, a nugget of culture that was super helpful later on. Yeah. Aside from a kind of fake, fancy office at the beginning, <laughs> what what kinds of things did you do to get your first big clients? Because I'm sure it was pretty much you get a new client and then maybe you can hire someone because you know you know you get the first invoice that's paid and then you're like, okay, now I can now I can add someone to the payroll. What what kinds of activities and techniques did you have, both you and RC, like in finding those first? Uh, well, new clients. For, for the first years, it was very much about taking care of. Uh, for, for the first year, it was very much about taking care of the core business, which was which was pretty much outsourcing back then. And um, then in 2011, 2012, we met Rado Cortes, and we told him about how excited we are about technology and our vision vision of the future and how technology, you know, it's changing the world and we want to build it. And I said, well, what better other what a better place to, to do that than Silicon Valley? I was like, yeah, yeah, you're you're right. So why are you not why are you not in Silicon Valley? I'm like, how can we be in Silicon Valley? Said, I don't know, come to my place and you know, I'm twenty miles away from Silicon Valley and you can see. So that's what we did. We hang, hang on, really so, so you, you meet uh, Radu Cordes. <clears throat> he says, if you want to be serious about tech, you gotta be in the valley. Yeah. And he convinced you to go. Well, he, yeah, yeah, he, and, he offered and, me, um, he said, you can stay at my place yep. for a bit. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, you, everything else you, you need to sort out yourself. And now, what were you and Radu thinking at the time where you're like, ah, just go for a week or two, I don't know, like, just give us a sense of what that moment was. You've got on the plane, you've got this long flight, like, what are you thinking? Like, is it just a holiday or were you like, we are going to do this, like, help us understand? It was, it was always, of course, we are going to do this, but kind of the same manifestation of, of complete ignorance, because I had no idea how are we going to do this. We are just like, yeah, we're going. I, but, I don't know. We're, but we're nonetheless, gonna... you went out there, you went uh, to Silicon Valley. When did you know from that journey that 
something was starting to click for the company. When did you know that going beyond just thinking of yourselves only here in Bucharest, but thinking of yourselves in such a big way, like when did you know you'd finally done that? Because business now is, is uh, more than half of the business the company does is international. Yeah. But when, when was the first time you were, were like, you had the validation of, hey, this is something? So, <clears throat> first of all, the first two weeks were horrible. And uh, I, I was just getting no business and like zero leads. It, it was terrible. So I'm talking to, to Radu, to Radu Cordes, and he's like, okay, so how's it going? It was like horrible. I said, that, that doesn't make any sense because you, you guys, you're programming for software development and the Valley needs a lot of software development. How can you not be selling? You know, it's like not being able to sell water in the desert. Like, how are you not selling software development in, in the Valley? I said, I don't know, man, it just, it's not working. I said, okay, so, okay, let, let's, let's role play, let's role play. So how, how do you, when you meet someone, what do you do? Like, you know, I, I tell him about my company and so how do you do it? I was like, what do you mean? How do I do it? And I said, hi, I'm Radu, I'm, you know, and hi, I'm Iwan. So, Iwan, what do you do? And it was, I was doing exactly this. You know, we have a company and, uh, and I said, what is this lame shit? Like, you got to clean up your act, man. You can't, you can't do this. This is, this is horrible. Of course, nobody wants to give you any business. You're not inspiring any, any sort of trust. Like, how am I supposed to do it? And, you know, to, to make a, a small parenthesis here, so it's this entire Romanian culture of you have to be humble, have to be very humble, you can't, you can't boast, like, other people need to discover your value, you can't be upfront about what you know to do, and, and this was the, the, the kind of narrative that I was playing to, and I, I found out very soon that that's just not working. Okay, so, so fast forward, you're working today with a large organization, with offices around the world, with large clients, with the coolest of startups in San Francisco. Building really cool tech. Yes, yes, plenty of news to come there. But how did you muster the courage? How did you muster the resilience to expose yourself? Because let's be honest, guys, if you're like, can you imagine going all the way to Silicon Valley from Bucharest, having weeks of bad introductions and still getting up in the morning and going, like, how did you do that as an individual? Where, what internal energizer battery, what fuel did you look for? What, what got you across the line to be resilient, to stick to it, to just do it? And how, how many no's were there? Before you got your first yes, and I'm oh, curious who your first yes was. Um, so our first yes was um, Rob Nivert, who's actually right now he's he's also an advisor and he's a venture partner at 500 startups. Uh, he was the CEO of a company back then, but before Rob, I think there were maybe hundred no's, like okay. literally hundred okay. no's. So so who here? Let's be honest. Who here, if you'd got to like 50 or 60 no's, you might have like, you know what, I might not take any more meetings, I'll just go do some sightseeing. I think, you're right, you, you would probably like, don't think this is gonna work. How, tell us, like, what's the secret, man? How did you keep going? So there's two things. First of all, I was, I was trying to learn from, from everything. I was like, okay, so this one, I fucked up, but what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And I was kind of thinking about it in these terms. And 
I was trying to analyze and you know I had the feeling that each one was getting a bit better like the initial one where like people didn't want to talk to me <laughs> and then the other ones you're like yeah you're you're kind of nice but no okay so that was a good progression so it wasn't like no 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 you know there's this this saying that uh, quitters never win and winners never quit but those who never win and never quit are complete idiots <laughs> <laughs> that was intense <laughs> yeah so uh, I, I, I didn't want to quit but But I had to do something in order to get to that win, right? Yeah. So, um, but how? You go, I'm, I'm not going to let you off this one, Ewan. Yeah. How did you do it? Like, how did you stick with it? Tell me. You, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh man, I met uh, yesterday. That was what the 98th rejection. Uh, yeah, cool. I'm going to go to that next sales meeting. Like. How do you do that? I, I just don't think in those terms. I just don't think about about failures like that. I, they don't bring me down. I don't. Maybe I have some sort of disease, <laughs> but I, I literally don't think like that about things that that fail. I was like, sure, I'm pissed for for a bit, but I'm like, okay, well, let, let's get to the next one. And it's also it's this feeling that it you know the. The story of the guys that were getting off the boats when conquering a new land and then they were burning the boats. That's kind of what I used to do to my... And I, I still do to myself yeah. because I don't want to look back. I don't want to look for a backup plan because the, any time that you spend looking for a backup plan is time that you don't put into finding a solution and, and finding the win. And I believe that, you know, in any conditions you can get a win. You just need to find out how. And... All your energy should should go in that direction, into finding the win, not not in lamenting about what went bad, and not into ah, you know finding the yeah. backup plan. Don't don't, don't sort of brew and sit in the past and and get stuck in. Which is a theme that we've heard a lot of. You know, Fred Smith from from FedEx was very like, you learn and you move on. Yeah, and and what's what's at the end of the day, what's the worst thing that can happen? Hmm. Like, seriously, what's the worst thing that 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 could happen? Like, I, I get a lot of rejections. The, well, we still had this, a, a good business back home, and you know, it, it's not like I think people just over um, overemphasize this fear, and um, for me, it, it's very much. You know, it's not about, and somebody told me this, and I was convinced until very recently that I'm a huge risk taker. And actually not, I, I'm not a huge risk taker. I'm like the most risk adverse. I'm like a granny. Right? <laughs> no, seriously, I, I, I'm not a risk. I mean, RC is the risk taker be, between the, the two of us. I'm, I'm the granny, but I mask it very well because I look at it in very mathematical sort of terms, right? And it's this idea that, well, if you do, something and then okay it doesn't work out and the next iteration you improve that with five percent right by the time you've you've tried that you know a hundred times two hundred times you've massively improved like the initial thing so it's it's a mathematical thing it's not about beliefs and it's not about emotions it, it's just a pure mathematical thing it's just it's improving it's it's gonna get there somehow you don't know how but it will get there well, and i'm sure so, that's the same math That, that Elena was telling you, just keep going, right? That's yeah. that resilience. I, I just have visions of Sebastian walking in the streets of these Romanian neighborhoods and he just keeps going, right? Yeah, and it's keeping going and like literally, 
and Chad will just keep going as long as they don't bump the table too much, right? Yeah. So, but it's also very much about not just keeping on going and doing the same thing over and over again. I think it's it's about modifying something, uh-huh. doing something different. Test right? and learn. Test and learn. Yeah. yeah. Continuous test and learn. And I, I loved Magda's comment about prototype your life. I think yeah, this is basically what what you need to do all the time. Yeah. Just test and learn and test and learn. Yeah. Particularly when the goalposts move so much, like the game is changing so much. Yeah. What an assumption from say five years ago could could be totally redundant now. Yeah. And, and one interesting thing too, you calling yourself not a risk taker, it kind of makes sense now because as you said, you had the business here in Romania that was kind of doing its thing and you could get told no forever and you could still have your customers here in Romania that were working and, and Elena, it sounded like you had your server business that allowed you and gave you that that steady revenue, you know, to keep trying and failing at the beginning. And that's interesting to me too, to, to have that a little bit of that stability to then branch out and take the risk so that you can be told no and Absolutely. so that you can fail. But, but even like, think, go think about it further. Let's say the business in Romania would have failed. Well, I still was an engineer and a pretty fucking good one. So I, I would have gotten a job anywhere. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, you really got to, uh, understand always your your uh, you know in negotiations they call it BATNA best alternative to negotiated agreement let's call it BATW best alternative to winning right well, what's the best alternative to winning well we have the business in, in Bucharest well what if that fails well I'm going to be an engineer well what if I can't be an engineer well I'll, I'll figure something out like uh, how bad can it be hmm. yeah seriously the, the other insight that's interesting is it the failing is not as bad as you think it is. You exactly. all in your imagination, it's always worse. Mm, yeah. But and you, we we have all these amazing stories, and Professor Don Cottis here is is one of these. So if you want to take about people who really did some something that looks a lot more like risks, well, you can ask Professor Don Cottis because he went to the U.S. He literally, they, him and his wife, they just landed there and they had no job, no contacts, no friends, just. It was just them there and uh, didn't know a lot of English, had practiced English, you know, by himself reading books and all that. And then six days later, he, he, got, a, he got a job. And then three months later, that company uh, got bust and, and fired everyone. And then pretty much the same day that the company got bust, he found another job. It's, you know, it's just not falling into the trap of despair and going, oh my God, this is so terrible. That that serves literally nothing. Hmm. Uh, one one last uh, question uh, before we unleash um, some more uh, Romanian trees, not only on chat but the audience, and some some wine and, and beer and some some snacks. Um, I want you to imagine that there are young men and women out there who are in the parking lot dreaming the dream, right? That they want to start a company, they want to do something and, and make a difference in the world. With all the benefit of this hindsight, um, what what advice do you have for, for those young people that are, are looking to go out and make their dreams come true, to have impact on the world? What's what's your advice? It's really keeping a north star. For us, it was this thing that we want to use technology to change the world, and we want to be the people who, who are changing the world through technology. This was our north star. So just keep a north star, but then be very flexible about what's going to take you there. Because the truth is, any plan that you have initially, 
is gonna is not, that's not gonna be it by by the end of the journey. It's not gonna be it. So just you know try and 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 get get around it somehow. Just iterate. Just be agile. But keep the the, the focus in mind. Have a north star. Yeah. Keep the vision and keep the mission alive. That's good advice. Now, Chad, I'm 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 completely lost on all our uh, Romanian treats here. Before we send you out for our last round of insights, um, I think it's down to a choice of two. We, do, do you remember which two treats? Where, what are we? Where are we at? I want to try this one. This would be. You can try this one. Okay, this would be the Prajitura Alba Kajapada. Woo! Did you check that out? Has he earned his Snow White cake? Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Now, so we have heard some amazing topics uh, from E1. Resilience, having a North Star. Risk is not what it seems. I mean, these are perfect, perfect thoughts for anyone wishing to go out and do something amazing in the world. Something 10 times better than what's on offer today. So whether you're at a big company, a little company, whether you have a dream to do something for yourself, if you want to design your life, there's been lots to learn. Oh my gosh, he's taken the treats, watch out. Um, so, because you know that uh, fine wine and beer and all sorts of uh, Romanian treats are just around the corner, I'm sure we have lots of eager insight providers. I'm looking around, yes, the professor. Hi, I'm good friends with his parents, and uh, <laughs> you want, uh, Did he did he pay back? We, did he pay back you, the IOU? Iwan forgot to tell you that when he started the company, they were happy that he was a well-paid engineer at Adobe, and for six months he didn't tell them that he resigned. <laughs> So is this so, true? So when you I when I explain to them how well Qualitans is doing and how extraordinary projects are, they're shaking their heads and he's gonna do something crazy again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it was uh, you know my parents, of course, and this is a parent's job. They need to worry. I would be worried about my my kids. So I was like, well, why put the, this burden on them? Like it's it's my thing. It's my burden. It's it, I shouldn't burden them. I will tell them when the company is successful. Mm -hmm. So when the company is successful, I will tell them. And th there were a lot of awkward dinners and. You know, we're, we're, so how how staff at Adobe? It's like, uh, well, great, I guess. I mean, the company's going great, and they're just veering off. Into, I'm working on lots of things. I, I didn't even know. Well, yeah, Adobe, great. Yeah, but how about pass pass me the the butter, please? <laughs> All right. What other insights do we have to share? What about? <clears throat> Yeah, actually, see, this young gentleman over here, this, he's a bright engineer type, actually. Hi, I'm Sherban, and uh, I think I will talk uh, back uh, tonight the idea that uh, we as Romanian are not used to show off and to show the world what we know and uh, how we smart we are. And I see this a lot in interviews. Uh, I ask um, the guys that are coming to work with us, uh, what, what did you do? and you are very proud of and most of the time they they have no idea what how many things they know i need to work with them to find out yeah so they can do a lot more to be proud of the the, the good things that they've done in the world right and the th contributions that they've made well i think we've got lots of tips and suggestions from our guests i i want to go for one more i feel 
that um, I can see there's, a, there's a, a young gentleman and a lady, third row, go, go, third row, third row, I'm feeling third row for some, fourth row, yep, the, these, oh, yeah, the, yeah, there we go. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, my name is Denisa. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to thank you for inviting us here and for uh, sharing from your uh, great experience. Well, thank you for coming. And um, an idea that I appreciate, um, that you want um, pointed out, I think, uh, in the beginning, that uh, in order to do something really outstanding, you don't need to see the entire picture from the beginning. You just have to, to take the courage, to have the courage to jump in and step by step to, to follow one purpose. And Like Sebastian said, just do it. Yeah. yeah. And analyze uh, everything, learn from each step, from each opportunity, from each uh, uh, threaten, and uh, just go in and follow your uh, purpose. To, to have a straight purpose where you want to, to go. Thank you. Wow, thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have heard about resilience, fortitude, I really love the idea that risk is not what it seems. I think that's great because I think, to Sebastian's point, I think a lot of people are sitting on dreams, but they never put them into action. And uh, people can go out and test and learn. And whether it's one or 100 failed meetings, what was really inspiring is at the end of it, you actually made a partnership and an agreement with somebody who's gone on to be a managing partner of one of the leading incubators in the world, 500 startups, and who's gone on to be an advisor of your company. And I think that's a great testimony to resilience and to like getting out there and just doing it. Would you all please thank Mr. Iwan Yakov. Wow. We got a lot to decompress on. Oh my gosh. Um, definitely a theme of resilience, toughness, and just doing it. It's like a good Nike ad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to mention to everyone we're going to take everyone's interviews and turn them into a podcast. So, everyone, please go to moonshots.io and you can find all of these amazing interviews and insights from you, the audience members. Mike and I will, I think, do a little bit of summarization and, and decompression for, for each because we, we want to get to the to the food and drinks here shortly. But I uh, just wanted to remind everyone to please check out uh, the, the podcast episodes that will, will come from yep. each of our interviews here. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we really do want to thank you for being part of the show. This is our second live broadcast and Bucharest. You've done yourselves proud tonight. You have inspired us to be, inspired us to be strong to reimagine that risk is not what it seems and to go out there, just do it. To walk the streets, to vote, maybe to try and win some votes, you know, to, to tough it out until Lehman Brothers and keep going, to go out there and to design our lives and, and to reimagine that life and business is more than just in one place and to travel the world and to build something truly amazing. A moonshot Indeed. So I would like to thank you, Chad. Thank you. Yeah. We have plenty more Bucharest ahead for you. Yeah. And, and how, uh, how are the treats? Oh, the, the, the treats are amazing. Uh, I'm going to finish by practicing some Romanian. So let it rip. Mulțumesc, Bucharest. There you have it, folks. That's it from us at the Moonshots podcast. There's plenty of wine, food, and drink. 
We're going to play some tunes here. You are very welcome to stay around to chat, to connect, and to enjoy this inspiring and uplifting moment and evening in Bucharest. Everyone, thank you very much, and we'll see you again. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, Mike. So many learnings from our live show in Bucharest. I know um, so much to take out from that. I think I think it was it was really all about being not only resilient in terms of sticking with it, being resilient in the way you think about risk, the way you design your life, not giving up. I I think it was really powerful, and even for someone like me who's been to Bucharest so many times. There was a ton of learnings. I, I I walk away feeling sharper on resilience and hard work. I think it was a thoroughly enjoyable time there in Bucharest. How did you, Chad, how did you think all of the things that we heard in Bucharest, how did that relate to the other shows we've done? Did you see some connection points? Oh, yeah. It was just really interesting for me to see and hear some really practical on the ground applications of many of the ideas that we've heard from entrepreneurs, you know, running hundred or $500 billion companies. Mm. Uh, but to sit there across from these Romanian innovators, uh, was really fun and, and refreshing. I personally can't wait, uh, to get back to Bucharest, but also, you know, do another live show here, maybe sometime in, in 2018. Oh yeah. And it's interesting. Amsterdam, the theme was about collaboration and together Bucharest was definitely about resilience I just wonder what a Sydney or a New York show or a San Francisco show what they would you know the themes that would emerge from those those live shows I'll spoil New York for you Mike it'll be hustle <laughs> hustle would be the theme for New York City without a doubt Fair enough. I know. I think you're absolutely right. I can totally imagine that. Um, now, if you really liked this show uh, and you want to hear the other three entrepreneurs that we spoke to, you can just go to moonshots.io and pick up all of our shows, not only uh, from Bucharest. You can, if you go to our blog, you can see the live video uh, from that show, from the Amsterdam show, perhaps. Um, but there's plenty of other things we want you to do. What, Chad, what do we need the audience to do? Well, first, if you're not subscribed to the podcast and your podcatcher, please do so. You can do so at moonshots.io. But uh, there's a new feature on the website. We've published our future episodes list. So we'd love to get your feedback, not only on the, the immediate upcoming episodes, but you know, we want to hear from you who you would like us to do research on and unpack here on the Moonshots podcast. Absolutely. And we've got plenty. You want to keep up to date on this and make sure you're subs subscribed in iTunes or, or via SoundCloud or wherever, because we've got a ton of good shows coming up. We've got the founder of Canva. We've got the founder of Patagonia, the founders of Google. I mean, we got some great stuff. We've got a couple of special guests coming in to help us out. Yep. Uh, we got Patrick Hanlon and Brendan Yell joining us. So, so much to look forward to, um, but make sure you tell us what you want us to cover because we'd happily uh, oblige. So you can do all of that at moonshots.io. Well, Mike, it goes without saying that I really enjoy doing the live shows with you. So again, you know, we've got to uh, we've got to put together this Sydney or, or New York show uh, sometime soon. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So on that note, Chad, I want to thank you. I want to thank 
all of our listeners. It's been great having you on board for the journey so far, and there's plenty more to come. So take care, everyone. Uh, Find us at moonshots.io, and I think that brings us to the end of the show. That's a wrap. Oh, but one more thing, Mike. I have to say, Mutsumesk Bukarest. You say that so well. You're so half Romanian. (laughs) All right, everyone. That's it from us. Take care, and we'll see you on the next show.